Well, good morning and welcome to Current. I'm David. If you're at all interested in Alpha, we'd love to get connected with you and have you a part of that group. Alpha really is a group for those exploring the Christian faith. So if that's you, you're looking for a safe place to ask questions about Christianity, uh, this group is for you. This group is not for you if you already identify as Christian. And the reason for that is we want to kind of preserve the culture of the group to be for those who don't really have a background in church or understanding of the Bible or whatever it might be. A safe place to ask questions. If that's you or if that's a friend of yours, you know, we're going to be doing this online. So in some ways, that's a unique opportunity to kind of attend in, in that kind of format. So we'd encourage you to think about that. Let us know. And we'd love to get you connected to that. Uh, be listening uh, as Cindy gives in the outro more information for how you can follow up on that. Well, today we are kicking off a new teaching series we're calling We're Still the Church because shelter-in-place has been stretching on a lot longer than most of us anticipated. And that means our mission is just as, as important, if not more important today, as ever before. But what is our mission? Well, we're going to consider that today. In this series, we're going to be going through the book of Acts, which really is the book following the, the early events of the Christian church. And today in Acts 1, it does a great job of setting the tone for us and helping us understand what it's all about, what our mission is. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to Acts 1. We'll be looking at it shortly. But first, uh, let me uh, do a little fun exercise here with you. Uh, to get us thinking about it, switch things up and, and get us thinking about this in a, in a fun way. Uh, I'm going to throw up on the screen a logo of a company. And what I want you to answer is, is, is fill in this blank. This company exists to make what? All right. So I'm going to throw up a logo and say, this company exists to make. And I want you to let me know if you're sitting at home with, with a group of friends or roommates or family. Uh, you can have a competi competition to see who says it first. But this company exists to make. All right. Let me throw the first one up on the screen. This company exists to make what? Okay. Of course, this is the logo for Popeyes. So this company exists to make chicken fried chicken. I had actually two people this week, this past week, tell me that I need to try uh, Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich. I've yet to do that. One even said it's better than Chick-fil-A's, which I'm, I don't, I don't know. I'll have to, have to see and get back to you on that. All right, let me throw up another one. This company exists to make, of course, this is Dunkin' Donuts, and we would accept both answers, coffee or donuts. Uh, if you were asked Cindy, she would say coffee, and if you asked me, I would say donuts, but but both are, are, are acceptable answers. They're actually getting ready to open a Dunkin' Donuts in Sunnyvale on El Camino, which we're, we're pretty excited about. All right, one more. This company exists to make, this is Converse, okay? So you could say shoes, they exist to make shoes or, or clothing apparel. All right, here, here's to kind of change it up. Here's where I've been going with this. What about the church? The church exists to make what? Have you ever thought of it that way? We're really big on mission statements, especially here in the Silicon Valley. We've got to have a mission statement. What about the church? What's the mission statement of the church? What does the church exist to make? You might be thinking, David, it's not quite that simple. Well, Jesus broke it down into one word. Uh, so let's look at what he said. This is actually in, a, in another place, at the end of Matthew's gospel account. Jesus said to his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father 
and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There it is. This is Jesus' famous great commission to the church. This is where Jesus gives his mission for his church. And he's saying the church exists to make disciples. That is, followers of Jesus, baptizing them, teaching them to take seriously all that he's commanded. We exist to make disciples, to make followers of Jesus. But what does that look like? And how can we do this? And where do we do this? Well, in Acts 1, Jesus gives a recapitulation of the Great Commission here in verse 8, which we'll read, and answers some of these questions. So again, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 1, the first 11 verses, but we're going to focus in on really the retelling of the Great Commission in verse 8 as our focus today. So Acts 1 says, In my former book, Theophilus, I, that is Luke, the author of the book of Acts, wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After, he, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But, here's verse 8, our focus, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before them, before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Uh, Let's pray, and then we'll jump into today's teaching. Father, thank you for your word. Would you please give us your spirit now to understand what you have before us? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the church exists to make disciples, but what does that look like? How can we do it, and and where does this take place? First, let's look at the what of our mission. The what of our mission is to be witnesses for Jesus. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. That's the most important aspect of our mission as a church, to be witnesses for Jesus. I want us to notice two things here as he says this. Uh, First, let's notice that he does not say, here's the most important thing as I'm giving you power to do this. You're you're to go out and you're to play church. Or you're to go out and you're to have a great fellowship. Or you're to go out and you're to just study the Bible inside and out so that you can memorize it and recite it whenever. All wonderful things, good things. We could list off plenty of other wonderful things. But Jesus here says the most important thing, that what's, what's most important when it comes to our mission, it's to be witnesses of his. In other words, to be, to be outward focused. To be looking out for those around us, reaching out to those beyond our walls as a church, so to speak, even during virtual times. We're called to be outward focused. That's one of our values as a church here at Current. 
In fact, this is something we haven't highlighted for, for a while now, but one of our values is to be outward focused. And the reason it's our, our uh, value of ours is one, because Jesus really emphasized it. I mean, here it is, part of, of our mission as a church, but also because it's our humble observation that any group of people or organization, churches included, over time, they will increasingly become inward focused. Over time, people, groups of people tend to increasingly, even if their goal is to be outward focused, will increasingly become more and more about themselves. Now look, as a church, we want to be here to take care of one another, to love and serve each other. But central to our mission has to be to have an outward focus, to be thinking about those around us. If you look at Jesus' life with his 12 disciples, that is his main students, even just a quick study of the gospel accounts where he's spending time with them, pouring into them, you'll notice that he was doing so to equip them to serve and care for others. Not just to serve and care for one another, but to constantly look beyond themselves to reach out, love, and care for those not yet in their community. That's our calling as a church, to constantly be outward focused. I think this is so important, so crucial right now, because if anything, with all that's going on in our world, with all the things that we're feeling or struggling with or stressed out about, it can be real easy right now to just turtle up or just focus on ourselves as a church, as individuals. But Jesus says, critical to our mission, and this doesn't change during shelter in place. If anything, it's all the more important, critical to our mission is to look outward and be witnesses of his. Now, that's the first thing I want us to notice about the what of our mission. But the second thing I want us to notice here is that Jesus says, hey, I'm gonna give you this power, and what, I, what you're gonna do is you're gonna go out and you're gonna convince people. You're gonna go out and you're gonna convert people for me. You're gonna go out and you're gonna argue with people and you're gonna argue them into the faith. Jesus doesn't say that. He says, you're gonna go out and you're gonna be my witnesses. And of course, we know what it means to be a witness. It means to, to validate something as true. It means to say, hey, here's my perspective. Here's my experience. Here's what I know to be true. Of course, when a court calls in a witness to testify, the jury is wanting to hear that witness's perspective, that witness's experience, so that the jury themselves can make up their own minds, draw their own conclusions. When we bear witness to Jesus, we're essentially saying, hey, this is my experience. This is what I know to be true. This is where I have placed my faith and why. I think that's really important because we can easily psych ourselves up as Christians thinking it's any more than us. Well, it's, I gotta convince this person. No, Jesus says, your role, my role, is just to bear witness to him. If you've grown up in the church, I imagine you've probably heard a quote that often gets thrown out there by St. Francis de Assisi's. The quote that says, uh, preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. Preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. I really like that quote for one reason, and I really don't like the quote for, for another. First, I really like the quote because it does a great job helping us understand that witnessing for Jesus, sharing the gospel, is in good part wordless. I mean, it just comes naturally through the way that we live our lives, the way, that, uh, the way we act and behave or respond to things, even non-verbally. This past week as a staff, um, I shared with our staff as a bit of a staff devotional, 
Guys, this is where we're headed with this next series. We're gonna be looking at Acts 1. We're gonna be talking about like our mission as a church and how we're called to be witnesses. And I just I just thought, hey, as we're getting ready to call our, our church collectively into this, it would probably be good to start this with our staff and think about what does this mean for us to be witnesses? And so I asked the, the question just for us to kind of wrestle with it a little bit. What, it, what does it mean for you to be a witness for Jesus in the midst of shelter in place. Well, let's talk about that. What does it look like for you? And I love our staff because our staff had such wonderful, thought, thoughtful answers. One person said, you know, for me, what I first think about is, is uh, being a witness for Jesus right now is, is, is being non-judgmental. I thought that was really interesting. I said, what do you, what do you mean by that? And uh, she said, you know, it's really easy with all that's going on in the world to, to just rage right now to just be judgmental towards people, just judge people's actions that are just just ridiculous and all the things that are happening. It's really easy to just respond just being judgmental, but but Jesus calls us not to be judgmental. And if anything, he calls us to love and be gracious to people that we, we, we don't see eye to eye with. I mean, the gospel is Jesus died for us when we were rejecting him, when we were at odds with him. So how much more ought I Ought we be loving people that we don't see eye to eye with? The people we could just lay into with just, just rage on. And I was just like, man, that's a, that's a great answer. I mean, we could certainly use that right now. And certainly people can recognize something different if we're not just quick to judge people as so many in our culture right now are. Another person on our staff said, man, I, you know, for me, witnessing for Jesus feels a lot like just living out of more joy and more gratitude. I was like, what do you mean by that? She said, well, it's just really easy for me to be ungrateful right now, just to focus on the hard things and uncomfortable things. But the reality is, with Jesus especially, there's so many things to be thankful for, grateful for, and be filled with joy because of. And I just, I just want to live out of that. And we just were talking about this as a staff and we realized, man, without even sharing the, the gospel words, articulating out the gospel, so much can be shared in terms of witnessing to Jesus, pointing people to Jesus. So I love this statement. Preach the gospel always, when necessary, use words. So I, I love it in that sense. But on the other sense, it can be a little bit misleading. Or I found that as Christians can hear that and think, oh, you know what? That means I never need to share words. But that's just not true. I mean, we have to share the words of Jesus. There's just no other way than articulating the words of life through Jesus at some point, that Jesus came into this world to die for the sins of all those who would receive him, forgiveness, offering forgiveness for all those who would put their faith on him, a restored relationship with God. Uh, At some point, we do need to share those words. Uh, and if you're interested in learning more about how practically to do that, I encourage you to look back at a previous message that we spent talking specifically about that a little over a year ago. You can go on our website and search back through the sermon archive to April 7th, 2019, a message entitled The Impact of One, How to Share the Gospel. If you're interested in that, you can, you can search that out. So that's the what of being uh, of our mission. It's, it's being witnesses for, for Jesus. But then he also gives us the how we can do this, the how we can do this mission. When he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Uh, I love this thought. Any of you feel at all inadequate at this idea of being a witness for Jesus? I mean, do you feel inadequate in any way? 
If you feel at all inadequate, you're actually in great company because it's not like the disciples were all that adequate. I mean, there was not a preacher among them, a Bible expert among them. They were all blue-collar workers, essentially. Most of them fishermen. One guy, an ex-tax collector, which was a scorned position in his day. I mean, these guys on paper were not qualified for this job. And yet, what were they being asked to do? Jesus said, here's your mission. It's to take this faith, you know, to the ends of the world. And yet, where is Christianity today? They were not qualified for the mission, but being qualified is not what it's about when it it comes to being witnesses for Jesus. Jesus says, you will receive power when my Holy Spirit comes on you. He, He reaches people through his Holy Spirit. We just get to be a part of that. That's how it worked then. That's how it works today. You could have the exact right words, Christian friend. You could, you could have the right actions. You could have a convincing thought or argument or whatever. You could say everything perfectly, but if the Holy Spirit's not involved. And yet, if the Holy Spirit is involved and you have, you know, imperfect words, imperfect actions, whatever it might be, then people can could even come to know and put the, could, could come to know Jesus, put their faith in him. And if you've been around current for any length of time, you've seen this to be true. You've heard any number of stories, including last week's when Naveen shared his story very powerfully, movingly. Man, again, it was one of those times where I just teared up when we were there on the scene recording it, and then again online as we celebrated as a church family. But he started his his testimony, his, his sharing, his witnessing for Jesus by saying, I was raised an atheist. And then talking about how God pursued him this way and that way, but he was just like, oh, I don't know, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do this. Eventually, he's just like, God pursued me so much, I was like, I have to do this. Like, okay. What was really fun and powerful about that too was a number of you actually shared, man, that's my story. And then we're going to be listening to a story today, which I encourage you to continue logged on for when Lauren shares her story right before she's baptized. Uh, Another story I just encourage you to listen to all the different points where it's just so clear God has been chasing her, chasing her, pursuing her. That's all of our stories. That's how any of us come to know Jesus, with the Holy Spirit just pursuing us this way and that way, and us finally saying, you know what, I'm in. I want to be a part of this. And friends, he calls us as his church, as his followers, to be a part of that. To, just, to be witness to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit work. Your job is not to convince somebody. Your job is not to argue them into the faith. Your, your job is just to point people to Jesus. Can you do that? Of course we can. So the what of our mission is to be his witnesses. The, the how we can do it is he gives us his Holy Spirit. Here's the where. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Of course, Jesus with his disciples here was speaking inside of Jerusalem and he was giving them some concentric circles outward, right? You're going to start here, guys, in Jerusalem and then you're going to, you're going to go to Judea, the surrounding province, and then Samaria and then to the ends of the earth, which means where do we witness for Jesus? Anywhere and everywhere, wherever God has you. And with whom do you witness to? Everybody. In fact, that's actually a powerful thought here that's, that's captured in this text because leading up to Jesus making this big statement, his retelling of the Great Commission, is the question of the disciples, hey, is at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? That was their way of saying, hey, are you going to restore you know, our nationalistic power and our political power? Are we going to come on top again? 
And Jesus says, hey, you're going to actually take the gospel. You're going to witness for me to the ends of the earth. Wish to be real about it, and we know enough about how Acts continues, they probably would have grimaced at that thought. They probably would have balked, at least on the inside, when Jesus said, especially the words, and to Samaria and the ends of the world. Because at that time, the Jews, and not just the Jews, every culture essentially at that time, didn't get along or didn't want to get along with other cultures around them. And we see this in, in the book of Acts with early Christians fighting this tendency of just wanting to stay with their own people and just share maybe with, with their own people. But Jesus said, no, no, no. I want to broaden your heart and your eyes to my God's heart for you and his mission. That is for you to reach out to everybody, regardless of race, gender, rank, language, so that eventually he would bring into his family, people from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Which I think means, in part, that we can't write anybody off. We can't write anybody off. If we're followers of Jesus and we want to witness for Jesus. We can't write anybody off. And I think where this tends to happen, I mean, we're hopefully you know, 21st century people here in Silicon Valley, it probably happens at the subconscious level. Without our even recognizing that it's happened, but we need we need to have our, high, our our eyes open, our hearts open to reaching anybody and everybody around us. I've shared this story before. I think it helps kind of get at this this idea. Um, when I was in college, I was a leader through Young Life, an organization that reaches out to high school students to tell them about Jesus. So we'd go on to my old high school campus and talk to students, just get to know them if they're interested, tell them about Jesus, and. One time to kind of help us leaders kind of be thinking about it, our head leader said, hey, I want to do an exercise with you. I want everybody to close your eyes and just picture yourself on the high school campus and just picture all the students there. Who do you see? Write it down. Take, take a couple minutes, eyes closed. Just write it down. You know, people that you see, the students that you see on campus. So we took a few minutes to do that. And he said, all right, everybody, let's, let's share. Who do you see on campus? And when I shared, I said, I saw, you know, the basketball players over here playing on the, on, the, on the hoops. I saw the baseball players over here, the football players over there. I saw people waiting in line to play. Yeah, I was just thinking about all the athletes because then I was an athlete and I still like to think of myself as an athlete. That's, that's who I saw. I said, okay, great, great, great. Everybody shared. And he said, okay, I want everybody to close their eyes again. Everybody close their eyes. Okay. All right, same, same exercise, but we're going to change it a little bit here. This time I want you to picture the students you did not see. And as soon as he asked that question, I was cut to the heart because I realized, oh my goodness, I hadn't seen a lot of students. Like I just naturally, just whenever I went onto campus, I'd see, I'd see the athletes and I'd just go spend my time with them. What about all these other students doing these things and doing those things? What about them? Now that's not to say, hey, we shouldn't spend time with and, and try to reach out to those people who are like us and we get along with. I'm not, I'm not knocking that, but, but Jesus says, hey, we gotta, we gotta have eyes like God's eyes and look for everybody around us. Witnessing for Jesus, we can't write anybody off. We need to be thinking about everybody around us, including during shelter in place, whatever it means in the workplace, um, in our neighborhood, whatever that might mean. How can you have eyes to see wherever God's placed you to be witnesses for him and to see God work in the midst of that? Watch his Holy Spirit work. Join him in that effort. What I encourage you to do sometime today, maybe actually even right now, is to take out a piece of paper or or better yet, maybe even on your phone, the little note app or whatever, and just write down two, three names of people that maybe God brings to mind, of, of people you could witness to. Not, not as a project. I mean, don't hear that. Let's not go 
go creeper status here, but just people that you can be doing three things. One, praying for, committing to praying for them. Number two, committing to be available for them um, and to them, whatever their needs might be, whatever they might be going through, even if that's just, you know, reaching out and hearing how they're doing. And then number three, committing to looking for opportunities to, to point them to Jesus in whatever way that might arise. Praying for them, being available to them, pointing them to Jesus. Could you write down two, three names that you'd be praying for? Maybe you could share that in your current group. Uh, but be praying for, holding with you uh, as we continue to do this series. Uh, one last story as we close our time together. Um, it was just a few weeks back that my kids really wanted to play outside. It was the end of a long work day. So I took them down to our shared garage space here in the HOA. And I was just put out a folding chair. My kids were riding their bikes and scooters around. And it was one of those days that it had been really long. They wanted, Daddy, Daddy, come, come play with us, come play with us. And I was just like, I, I'm just going to sit here on my chair and read the news, play a game on my phone, whatever. I'm just, I'm going to veg out. No, Daddy, come play. It's, guys, I, I don't have the energy for it. I'm sorry. You guys play. I'm down here watching you, okay? <laughs> Let that be enough. Any parent been there? Like, that, that's where I was at that day. Well, after a little while, a neighbor from down the street, someone I'd never met, came walking by with with her daughter, who was also on a little bike. And her little daughter saw the little ramp that led down into this garage area and just saw, whoo, this looks fun. Mommy, can I go down this ramp? Can I play with them? And her mom uh, looked at me and, you know, social distancing in mind and all that, wanted to be, and make sure everything was safe and that I felt comfortable saying, hey, would it be okay if my daughter, you know, went down this ramp and played, played with the kids and for careful? And I said, of course, that's fine. So her daughter just, you know, was having a blast playing, playing with the kids. And she, of course, came down and we we're just we we're just talking there. I mean, it's like I, I, I was tired, but I'm not going to be a jerk and not, you know, get off my phone and have a conversation. Right. So, I was, hey, how are you doing? You know, how long you've been in the area? You know, what are you what are you up to? What are you doing during shelter in place? How are you kind of holding yourself up? She was asking the same questions to me. Well, I eventually got to the place where I was sharing about some of the things that we've been doing as a church. Like, yeah, you know, one of the things we just have a heart for right now is just to give back. We're trying our best to just you know, make a difference in some tangible, small way. She's like, oh, that's wonderful. So yeah, we just feel like we're so blessed. I mean, God loves us and has given us so much that what are, we're just trying to think through how, what are some things that we can do to give back? She said, man, like, I'm not religious, but can I, can I do something too? Can, can I help? And I said, of course. I said, you know, actually, every week we say, as we gather as a church, right now we're doing it virtually, but every week we say, current is a community following Jesus together, but you're welcome, and you're welcome wherever you're at on your spiritual journey. So you don't have to be Christian or whatever. She said, that's wonderful. So I could even come and hear about, like, Christianity and just, like, get to know people that, I mean, I understand you guys are virtual. And I said, of course, yeah, you should come out. Like, the, here's the link, here's what you do. And, and, and after she left, I was sitting there, I was just like, what just happened? It's like, I was sitting there, like, you know, doing my best to just turn my mind off to the world. I was so tired. So just like, you know, wanting to shut everything out. And I just, a couple of things hit me. One, that God is at work. I mean, sometimes, often, even in spite of us, or in spite of me, I mean, he, he just said, you know, David, I'm, I'm going to do something here. And I know you're not positioning yourself for this, but I'm, I'm just going to do it anyways, which is kind of you know, reminds me of what Jesus says here when he says, you will be my witnesses. He's not saying, hey, you know, you could be. He said, you will be. So, but it's just better when we lean into that, you know, and just kind of trust him and join with him actively, which sadly I wasn't really doing at that time. And the other thing that really hit me is that God's still at work as much as ever right now during shelter in place. And if anything, we need to be paying attention all the more. Just pointing people to Jesus, just witnessing for Jesus. 
you know, in imperfect ways, because even because because it's the Holy Spirit at the end of the day who's doing anything and everything of importance. We just get to join Him with that. And where do we do it? Everywhere. With whom? Everyone. Wherever He's placed you, including during shelter in place. Even as we might have to get creative. But I just want you to encourage us as a, as a church family, just to remind ourselves of this mission that Jesus gives us, His church, to go and make disciples, to be His witnesses to point people to Jesus. So take an opportunity, write a few names down, commit to praying as best you can for folks, and let's look for ways to point people to Jesus, watching him work and doing that where he's called us to be. Uh, Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, everything that you've done for us, that you came to love us and die for us, that we could be brought back into your family. Father, would you help us, because of that love, uh, offer it so freely to those around us? Would you help those of us who are really struggling or really stressed or, or, or feeling it these days? Uh, one, just, you know, be strengthened, um, receive your, your peace, your comfort. But then two, also just step into the calling that you've given us, and that is to just point people to Jesus. Because we know it's just as important, if not more important than ever before, to point people to you and your love for them. Father, would you be gracious and allow us to join you in that effort, even in the midst of shelter in place. And Father, please bless now as we continue to celebrate uh, baptisms and, and worship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.